Hello, Megan here. Just a quick message before the episode starts. We recorded this all in one chunk. Um, and after we finished, we realized we had been talking for three hours about this book. And while editing, we realized there wasn't anything that we really wanted to cut. Um, otherwise, it would have been more of a boring episode rather than just our, you know, any depth or humanity to it. So, um, Given that April is kind of our anniversary, this episode has been cut into two parts because why not? We'll give you three episodes in a row. Um, so enjoy. This is the first half of Pet Cemetery with uh, Chris Hayes, and we hope you enjoy it. podcast, a bi-weekly book club podcast where we're helping you go through your to-be-read list. I'm Stephanie Cortez and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Megan. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. And we are joined by our guest, Christopher Hayes. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm married to one half of this podcast. <laughs> yes. Some may remember me talking about my husband and trying to convince him to do a podcast, be on a podcast. Here he is, finally. Yes. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, and what are now we... Now you're going to catch the bug. Right. <laughs> I, mm, That's the hope. <laughs> That's we'll the hope. see. Yes. We'll see. All right. <laughs> and what book did you pick for us to read? Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. And what made you pick this book? Um, I've read... Some Stephen King. I have my list here, actually. I can let you know what I've read. I started with The Shining. Please. Okay. <laughs> the Mist. Um, the very short story, 1408. We saw that movie, Stephanie. The book is very different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yes. The Dead Zone. It. Um, and I am currently reading The Gunslinger, the first Dark trial, uh, Tower uh, novel. I'm not finished that yet, but my plan is to finish the entire series and see how... From what I understand, it goes off the fucking rails. <laughs> okay. I was about to say, the only reason I've never started that is because I can't remember who was like, if you start it, you have to promise to finish it oh. because it goes batshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am like, looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah, I'm good. Really? <laughs> I mean, I have I it on my list. I forgot you did 1408. But... Yeah. What, you I'm I what... Oh, no. I was just saying, I had the gunslinger on my list, but just because it looked interesting, like, because Chris has it. Yeah, um, but I did not know about it, it going off the rails there. Yeah, I think it's Interesting. seven books, Megan. I, do you know I for sure? Could not I, tell you off the top of my it's head. It's at honestly. least seven, I think. Um, yeah, but yeah, it goes more crazy. than three. I typically tap out. So. Uh, <laughs> um. So yeah. So I just I enjoy Stephen King overall. Um. Even though there, I'm I'm nowhere close to reading everything he's done, which I don't know if any human being can do that. Um. But I just uh. <laughs> Just figured it'd be something that, um, uh, based on my other books that, uh, of his that I've read that I've enjoyed, that um, I thought it would be, a, it seems to be a, one of his major ones that, you know, people talk about. So I thought it would be a, a fun one to uh, to try out. Megan, have you Stephanie, read? had you read nope. it? <laughs> Jinx. A good host. <laughs> um. Go ahead, Stephanie. All right. I, let's see. We did talk about, Chris and I talked about which Stephen King books I have read. I have read It, 
and now Pet Cemetery. And that's it. Okay. I've seen a couple of the, you know, the film adaptations. Like I'd seen Pet Cemetery years ago and like certain things mm-hmm. were coming back to me as I was reading the book. Um, I've seen The Shining. I've seen Nope, I've seen the it remake. I actually haven't seen the entire original miniseries. <laughs> oh boy. I've seen the second half. Uh, what else? 1408, which I didn't realize was him. Of course, every, oh, everything is him. I do remember seeing that with those monster spiders. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I've definitely seen way more film adaptations than reading books. I think, though, yeah, these are the only two. Oh, and I, I wanted to add, I own The Stand. Stephanie bought me The Stand years ago. <laughs> I have not started it. I did. Yes, it's mm. also very big, and I have not started. And I was not going to suggest that for this, but I own it. That's, no, thank that's you, because I would have probably actually cried. Or been like, you know, we're going to take another guest <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's fine. Skipping right over you. <laughs> so that, yeah, that is on my to-do list, and it's it's kind of intimidating. Um, especially, I think I have, like, some newer version, relatively newer. It's, like, unabra- it's massive. I think there's a lot more added to it than what his original you know, edition that came out in, in the late seventies was. Um, so that's even oh, more stand. Where um, is this book? It's on the bookshelf in the bedroom. <laughs> you bought it for me. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So. Mm. Oh. So Megan, you know how about you? going to go look at tonight. I know. Like I got to see this book that I apparently bought years ago. <laughs> it's, it's, it has, it, it must be a similar edition to like our it that I have. Cause the cover art mm-hmm. is very, very similar just the style of it is very similar to our it and i think that's the only one that the other one i own no actually my dead zone as well mm-hmm. it also has a very similar art style overall okay. um for the cover so they're they're all they whatever whoever put those out it looks like they were you know the same same company because they're all like very similar like it looks like you look at them and you're like oh yeah those are all stephen king books just because they look the same basically yeah. interesting so how about you megan what have you read from stephen king um, so I've not read a ton because The Shining was one of the books that my mother was like, you can't read this. <laughs> Is it The Shining or Salem's Lot? Until you're 17. Um, hey. So it, she didn't put a lot of restrictions on what I read growing up, but that was one she was like, it's too scary. I'm not dealing with it. And and I was a kid that like, did either of you watch Ghost Rider? Uh, yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> So the bubblegum monster, I don't know if you remember that, terrified me to my core. So my mother telling me this. Was that on, was there a post it was, just now, like recently, like within the last couple of days on a, fa- on a Facebook post in some yes. group that we're in? I thought that's what that was, but I was like, I don't know. I'm going to have to ask Megan if that's what it is, because that, mm. that, there are memories of a very young me sitting in my bedroom door, refusing to go into my bedroom because of this monster. Oh, so, like, no. <laughs> my mother wasn't wrong yeah. by saying, like, you know, don't read this. Right. Maybe good um, call, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I read The Girl Who Loves Tom Gordon. Gordon yes. something. Tom Gordon. Um, I have read 1408, which I did forget was a Stephen King um, <laughs> m- movie, but I have read 1408. Um, love that movie. I've yeah, read, is it Heart in Atlantis? Yes. I haven't read it, but yes, I, I recognize that title. I know nothing else about it, but yes. <laughs> I'm like trying to look now because I was like, oh, that's right. He wrote a lot of short stories. It is. It's Hearts in Atlantis, which didn't realize was a short story collection. And 
I read it, it was done in 99. So I read it early 2000s when I didn't read short stories frequently, got really confused, never finished the collection. <laughs> so it's like, these are different characters. What happened? Yeah. Like, how do these relate? It's not making sense. Um, and then I did read it last year, which was the point I decided that I'm not a Stephen King fan overall. <laughs> Understandable. So, um, and now Pet Cemetery, which I knew nothing about. I have not seen this movie. I knew it was a Stephen King book. I knew that uh, my friend Wendy's podcast set Pet Cemetery is a spin on the title. And I kept trying to Google that. <laughs> it was really <laughs> wrong. So that took a while to be like Pet Cemetery. So. And I, I um, wanted to say your mother was correct about not letting you read books like that because I read The Shining. <laughs> I was in high school. I don't even think I was 17 yet. I read The Shining. scared the hell out of me. I was having trouble turning my lights off at night because the, the way my bed was, um, the light switch was down at where my feet were. So when I would hit the switch, I would be oh. in darkness. So I would have to psych myself up, lean up, hit the switch, and then I would dive back and like pull the blankets up to my head and I was scared <laughs> yeah yeah in hindsight probably smart I still sleep with lights on I should probably not say that <laughs> I mean when, my like, Christmas lights stay on my <laughs> Christmas lights when you're like when Chris is at work and he doesn't come home till late he usually he'll come home and all of the lights on, are on <laughs> yep on this floor yep because I'm home by myself the shower curtain is always pulled back there's a reason oh, yes. for this <laughs> <laughs> yep, I do the same thing because you just never know. Just I've seen know. Psycho so many times. I've seen that Charmed episode too where she's in the shower, like they're running from the movies and she's like, I go and hide in the freaking shower. It's like, <laughs> yep, don't ever do that. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone in that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. If anybody ever feels the need like to feel better about themselves, I will tell you all the ridiculous things I do. Um, <laughs> actually my best friend texted me recently that he's a little bummed. He's debating seeing a quiet place. I don't know if you guys have seen the previews for that. Yeah. Yep. Um, because it's ASL, but because, so we were roommates for a while and it was fine. Like if we saw a scary movie, we usually both fell on the couch, slept, fell asleep on a couch mm -hmm. and eventually like made our way in our, to our rooms and stuff. But like, that's how we kind of dealt with <laughs> being really scared. And now it's like. We both live alone. You can't both fall asleep on a couch together now. <laughs> so he isn't sure if he's going to see it. I I think if I lived alone, I probably would never watch anything scary ever. <laughs> or yet, read any. Like, no, we can't do this book. <laughs> yet you love all the Scream movies. I do love all the Scream movies. Oh, because they're so good. But I, Stephanie loves the movies that are, like, literally could happen. Like, it's just a person. You don't listen, like the supernatural okay. or, like... That's... Why I like the Scream movies is because Scream was the first movie that ever terrified me because it was the first movie I saw where he would sprint after you and chase you down. Every other movie I could justify, oh, they're walking, I can get away. Jason doesn't need exactly. to run. Yes. Jason doesn't need to run. I didn't watch, I didn't see Jason. <laughs> I know, but he doesn't need to run. I'm just telling you, he doesn't need to. Um, even in I Know What You Did Last Summer, he moved kind of slowly. Scream? Yeah. No. no. Chase you down. And I do remember the first time I saw it, my cousin 
fast forwarded through all of the gory parts and then it came on like <laughs> stars or something when I was at my mom's house at night and I was like I've seen it I can watch it and I was like oh no what have I done to myself <laughs> like it's that beginning shot with Drew Barrymore <laughs> like <laughs> oh god yes yeah, I got introduced to Scream very early. Mm-hmm. I remember a night where my dad, we watched one. It was not Scream 1. It was like Scream 3. What? Just, oh. <laughs> I saw like Scream 3 first. And Salem's Lot. And I think something else. And then Nightmare on Elm Street. Because I have never stayed awake through Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm always like, nope, I am terrified. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> so, oh, so going to sleep is the worst is, thing. I know, that is a terrible <laughs> solution. <laughs> it's, it's the most illogical response to that one movie, but here we are. Um, so yeah, like there was something about none of those movies, like the 80s vampires coming up to the windows didn't bother me. But I, yeah, I had visions of someone like running up and down my hall with a knife in the yes, screen mask in the, the same the way. Costume. The scene in the first movie where she's in the bathroom and she looks under the stalls and the cape just like slowly yes. comes down over the boots. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Love it so much. One of my favorite things is, um, so Chris's sister threw her husband a surprise 90s theme party for his 40th birthday in September. And I was texting my sister, like, I don't know what we should dress up as. And she sent me a list of just a slew of ideas, just like for me. And then she's one of them was Drew Barrymore in Scream. And I was like, oh, my God, because I went to see Scream 4 with my brother-in-law because this one over here didn't want to go. And then his sister doesn't really like <laughs> the scary movies. Um, he loves Scream. So I was like, this is perfect. And I was like, and it could be like a couple's costume. I can be Drew Barrymore and Chris can be the killer from Scream. <laughs> Yep. So we bought him. That just is the, so perfect. It was, and I found like an oversized beige sweater at like the Goodwill for four bucks. Um, I put, you know how she makes the Jiffy Pop? You can loop that through yes. your belt loop. So I had that like just walking around and Chris made me a giant. I made a phone. Cordless phone. <laughs> I had a cardboard. That is amazing. <laughs> but my, probably my favorite thing is, so we just bought him just the mask and a fake knife. Like he didn't need the cloak. Um our niece and nephew just got a kick out of this and they they took them and kept them and every now and then we'll see a picture on Facebook where we get sent pictures of a nine-year-old or a five-year-old in this mask like looking around a corner all creepy or a picture of our one-year-old niece playing with the knife. <laughs> yep. Like they do. <laughs> As one does, yeah. <laughs> that explains why you looked like Drew Barrymore for yes. some pictures on Facebook and Instagram. I love it. Got that blonde wig. I like a good wig. <laughs> yes. That's a great costume idea. Brown lipstick, 90s. See, I'm looking through Stephen King stuff. I, there's a lot that I did not realize he wrote. He's got a lot of, got a lot of stuff. And that's why I became interested in him because as a kid, I always thought, oh, he's the horror guy. And then it's like, oh, wait, he wrote this? Like the the Rita Hayworth, the thing that turns into Shawshank, you know, things that aren't yeah. scary or anything. Yeah. And then, and then even after that, um, when I found out that he, I mean, I guess you could say almost everything of his or, or you can say everything of his is interconnected in some way. Yeah. The references, I which I mean, I just, it's some of those, I feel like some of the references and, and, and everything are, they're so small. It's just kind of a little wink and nod like, Hey, yeah, this is the thing. But I just like the idea of 
you know, a whole universe that he's he's writing is, you know, connected in, in some way and everything, especially because of the breadth of what he's written is can be so different that, you know, everything is somehow connected, which is just kind of uh, fun, especially now that I'm going to be, you know, reading the more you read the books, you know, different books and you, you right. see the connections or even if you don't see them right away after the fact, if you go back and say like, oh, yeah, that's totally he talked about this in that book. And then, you know, 20 years later, there's another connection there and everything which i yeah. I, I enjoy it's uh, again it's some of them are just so small it's a little neat thing and some of them are big connections that you know are pretty meaningful so i like that idea yeah i was curious if uh the evil force behind this was somehow related into the dark tower series because i know it is loosely in there yeah i don't know this one if it could, this I mean, has a connection the only to dark connection tower. could be just that Dan Barry is mentioned. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, this book definitely has solid references to a couple other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and again, the Dark Tower is so all-encompassing that, you know, just there's connections everywhere. So I'm sure there's, there's probably something that more people with more knowledge would be able to pinpoint. But Yeah, like um, I picked right. up on a couple and was like, I wonder what else I'm missing since I, it, <laughs> well, I forgot. Cujo, that's another movie I've seen because there was mention oh, of a yeah. rabbit dog, <laughs> and then uh, Dairy Maine, where it takes place. So, but I was like, what else am I missing? There's, there's, there's probably way more little, just subtle hints. Well, know? I told you because I didn't think you knew the Salem's Lot. They yeah. mentioned Jerusalem's Lot, which is the book. Which, yeah. Um, I think there's also a short story of Jerusalem's Lot. I don't know if I've actually read it or if one of my parents owned it because I feel like both my parents I like some Stephen King. Mm. Um, I also forgot Misery is His, which I saw yeah. uh, on Broadway a couple oh, years oh. ago. I didn't know that was with, a um, It was Bruce Willis and Laurie Metcalf. Oh, Bruce Jesus. Willis, not so great on stage. I was going to say, one half of that is amazing, and I, which, <laughs> I let you guess which one. <laughs> Holy God. <laughs> Bruce Willis is very much geared for lots of cameras being close to him. He doesn't have that outward presence. It's still great. But Laurie Metcalf, she was terrifying. Yeah, I can imagine. Wonderful. Oh, man. Like, I didn't know I did that that was a thing. I didn't either. It was like a really short run, and it didn't do great. Like, I remember I, my tickets were less than 50 bucks and ended up scooting down like four or five rolls, rows because no one was there. So <laughs> I mean, They saw their ticket and they like, oh, God, Bruce Wilson? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, um, we can sit here and play. Oh yeah, that's right. That's Stephen <laughs> King all night. <laughs> I was gonna say Stephanie, hey ho, let's go. <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> all right, so Pet Cemetery. Um, it's from 1983. It follows the. It starts with the Creed family moving to Ludlow, Maine, because um, it's the the family is Lewis his wife Rachel, their daughter Eileen or Ellie and their son Gage and Lewis gets a job at the University of Maine so they moved to Ludlow um, I did see where this was kind of inspired by Stephen King's time in Maine that he taught at the University mm-hmm. of Maine for about a year and his family rented a house that was on a very busy road and there really was a pet cemetery that the kids would bury their um, their deceased pets in and, and they had an old neighbor, or I think there was like, I, I'm pretty sure that um, that he was told by an old neighbor that oh, kind of that. watch out for the stuff. It can be bad here and everything. Um, nice. So, yeah. 
So I liked that, just, you know, uh, taken from real life. Yeah, I'm really, really glad. I was telling, like I told you guys before, I that I read the introduction after because I didn't realize, I mean, I thought a kid was going to die because I kind of sort of knew the story, but I was really glad going into this knowing as little as possible. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, this was the last good day before his son died. And I was like, oh, screw you. I didn't know that was yep. coming. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, I remembered, I guess yeah. I saw the movie years ago, so I remembered the gist of it, that there's a cat that dies right. first and then the child. Um, but like all the stuff leading up to it, I, I, anything else about the movie besides that and then the very, very end, I don't remember any of. So. <laughs> um, I am curious about the cast of the movie now. Sorry. Yeah, we did, I it's uh, Judd is the best. Fred Gwynn is Judd from the Munsters. Um, oh, that's amazing. And then I, the other people are fine. Miko Hughes is the kid, Gage. Who you might know okay. from Full House. Full House. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, he's on Cosby Show. Yeah, he's been on a bunch of. He's stuff. a little brat with the bull haircut on yep. Full House. Yes, <laughs> and he kind of turned. I wonder yeah. if he was in any other. He was in he Wes was in... Craven's New Nightmare. Um, yes, which is like the meta nightmare movie in the '90s before he made Scream. He's oh yeah, the son in that, mm-hmm. but he's not creepy. Well, he's kind of creepy in that, but it's not his fault. Um, but yeah, I, and I, I, I'm trying to. I didn't look up before if he was in any other. I feel like because of those two movies, I always saw him as like, oh, he's like the little horror kid. He's mm-hmm. you need a little <laughs> weird kid to be in a thing, and he's that kid. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's the hair. Yeah, the hair yeah. does it every time. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, his wife in the movie is played by Denise Crosby, who was on for the nerds out there. She was on um, the uh, Next Generation uh, Star Trek. And then oh, yeah. Dale Medkiff is the husband. I don't know him from anything else. I meant to look him up because I, when I was looking stuff up about the book earlier, obviously, you know, I pulled up the movie. I was like, he looks so familiar, but it really could just be this that I've seen him in. Yeah. I bet that's it. It kind of looks like this is what he's most known for. What's his name? He did oh, an Airbud. One of the Airbuds. Oh, never mind. He's the greatest. <laughs> Maybe this. Oh, he was in an episode of Castle. Stephanie, I'm surprised you didn't tell me that before. <laughs> Just saw it. <laughs> He's also a Dexter and Criminal Minds, which I've not seen all of Dexter, but I have seen all of Criminal Minds. I haven't seen any of Dexter. Maybe this just, I think this probably is just all that I know it from. Because <laughs> I feel like this was probably a movie I'd seen at least a couple of times as a kid. Um, and then I forgot that there was a sequel. We were talking about the sequel and I looked up images from that and was like, this looks familiar too. <laughs> I've not seen the Wait, sequel. there's a sequel? Yep. Not based on any book. It's just a movie sequel with um, Eddie Furlong. Um, oh, what's his name? From ER. Great guy. Zodiac, Stephanie. Um, mm-hmm. You know him from Zodiac. What's his name? Oh, Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Yes, yeah. he's in it. Um, oh, and that red Clancy Brown. Kid. Oh, the the jerk ass yeah. brother from uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids and um, Big. Well, he's not a jerk ass in that. He's just a friend in Big. He's the friend in Big. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Clancy Brown, ass. Clancy Brown, <laughs> the great Clancy Brown, who's been in a lot of other King adaptations and everything too. <laughs> and I, I I know I know all this information. I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder. I guess it's probably just the same story, new family. Um, 
You, sure. you haven't seen it. You don't have to answer that. I do like know. A, I know I've seen it, but I couldn't tell you anything yeah. about it. It's definitely a new family, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that Clancy Brown, for I don't know what reasoning, I'm pretty sure Clancy Brown gets brought back, and he gets to be like a resurrect, resurrected evil person, but he's an adult, so he can really cause havoc. That's my understanding of it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. That's so. That's not good. <laughs> All right, so Pet cemetery. <laughs> yes. Family moves to Maine. Um, I did kind of like how the beginning, it kind of starts with, you know, a description of this big, beautiful house on this big piece of land, and it's wonderful, and the wife loves it. She hadn't actually seen it. Um, and then both kids get hurt. Like, it's not a great start <laughs> to, to life in no. Ludlow. <laughs> and the um, way he reacts to both kids getting hurt, like, I was prepared to hate this book. Because he's like... <laughs> already pissed at his daughter and like thinks she's the worst thing on earth and i'm like can't find the key cut her knee on a rock and i remember being a kid and cutting myself and being like don't come near me with that alcohol or whatever that stings you know that's i remember asking does it sting right you know but he he (laughs) had been a long day a lot of driving kids crying in the car what yeah keys the keys he couldn't find the damn keys um and then he has his prodigal son it's fine yeah basically (laughs) and then gage gets stung by a bee um but that's how they meet their neighbor judson crandall or judd who as chris said is the best he's wonderful (laughs) um he lives he lives across the street from them and comes over to help out when he sees things going a little little crazy at the beginning there um judd does warn them about the road that they live on warns them that there are a lot of big trucks and to be careful um, I liked Lewis's relationship with Judd. Uh, Judd lets him know, you know, come on over for a beer later if you're, you know, if you're feeling up for it, and that kind of becomes an almost nightly ritual. Um, I liked their their friendship. He almost, I feel like Lewis almost immediately, or at least in the book, he, it's like he, um, he latches onto him as a father figure oh, yeah. almost immediately. Yeah, and I, from my reading, Which, like, I think. From my understanding, that King actually, because again, like we said earlier, a lot of this King brought in from his own life experiences. Um, and from my understanding, is that he also didn't really have a relationship with his father. In the book, it's because his, I think, Lewis's father died when he was three. So he didn't, that's the reason why okay. he didn't have it. Um, he just wasn't there. Um, I don't know the uh, reason for Kings, but that's that's what I read was that he he didn't have a, a relationship with his actual father. So that kind of makes sense of you know writing this character that finds this person that he can you know kind of get that from because he obviously wants it too. Yeah, <laughs> clearly because how, how quickly he yeah. latches on. I think they both kind of just fall into it so easy because I don't think Judd and his wife Norma. I don't think they have any kids. I don't believe they. Um, really, no. There's no mention I, of any children. Like there was like they alluded to them having kids at one point, but then later it was like, they definitely had it. So, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think they did. I think the whole point was that they didn't, but our, I, I, towards the the beginning is such an info dump and it's a little hard. It's so slow moving to to like trek through that. I was like, okay, I need some action. Like, (laughs) so like, you saying that Lewis's dad died? I'm like, oh, okay, because I honestly don't remember. Because <laughs> it, the it's just so much in the beginning, and all I could think of was that he didn't like his daughter, and I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this. <laughs> Poor Ellie, and 
skipping to the end or a second, poor Ellie. Oh <laughs> like, my god, poor Ellie. She gets it the worst in the end. Yes. Oh, poor child. She's gonna need therapy for the rest of her life. If she comes out of right. oh god, no. Right. Yeah. Um so let's see, they moved at I think it was in August, it's before the university, the fall semester starts. Um, so Lewis has time to kind of get acclimated to work and everything like that. Ellie starts kindergarten. Um, I did make note of one moment that Lewis had sort of a premonition of horror and darkness coming when he was bringing Gage up to his room. Um, just a moment of like passes him. Up. It's almost like yeah. literally yeah. like it's a physical thing that walks past him, which is that it's such a small moment, but that was creepy. I, yeah i don't i've never had a feeling like that i want to though why why it just seems like it'd be fun <laughs> no you don't trust me you don't no because i lived in a house where some the owner i don't know the story behind it because i never asked my mother but someone died in the house that we lived in mm. before we moved to georgia and um i swear to god uh, that thing was haunted and oh, the dog would like our German Shepherd would pace the house and would like guard my room. And yeah, no, you don't want that. See, feeling. okay. No, I would not want it after I experienced out. it, I'm but 11, I would want, it, I would want to experience it in the first place. I want to be able to say from personal experience, like this sucks. It's no good. So next time you come you? to New York, <laughs> well, just like go walk around the graveyard at five o'clock in the morning and you'll get that feeling. Okay. So <laughs> don't bring nothing back home with you. <laughs> you keep them spirits wherever <laughs> I'm gonna dare them. <laughs> no, oh, God. Oh, I'm going to live with Megan. <laughs> She's not foolish like you. <laughs> uh, all right. So the premonition of horror. Um, Judd ends up being the one to introduce the family to the pet cemetery. There's a path behind their house that leads up into the woods, and so he takes them, the whole family, on a little trek to show them. They get some nice views from some nice rolling hills, and, you know, it's very nice. And they get up to the pet cemetery, and it's pretty well kept. The kids in the neighborhood do a good job of keeping things up. Um, it's basically a circular area with underbrush on all sides, except for this one side that has an old blowdown, you know, like, branches and stuff so that you can't when really... that first was in the book i, I what i didn't know what it... i didn't know what the hell blowdown. i was like what the hell <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I had an idea but just that word yeah. i was like what okay from the description i was like it's gotta be a bunch of branches all right <laughs> <laughs> um lewis immediately feels somewhat of a curiosity at this blowdown that he you know he thinks it seems a little too perfectly placed if you could say that yeah um conveniently placed he's curious what's on the other side uh, but doesn't really think much or ask anything about it it doesn't follow up with judd about it um so this is where the the neighborhood kids would come to bury their pets did we talk about smucky the cat or was that before i think that was pre-show before okay so i was gonna say so, what's the yeah best it was pre name? yes so Smucky the cat that there's a bunch of little graveyard or great uh, not headstones but like little signs that kids made for their their pets and there's one Smucky the cat that jumps out and Stephen's King, Stephen King's daughter did have a cat named Smucky who did get hit on that road that they lived <laughs> on in Maine and she did bury her cat in the pet cemetery there so I thought that was a nice little touch and 
kind of leading into what will happen in a bit, but maybe we can save it for that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Stephen King's daughter said what Ellie says about God oh, yeah. and taking her cat. Oh, yeah. Why does God right. want my cat? Right. Um, yes. Because um, basically... Have either of you been to a pet cemetery before? Nope. I think we live near one, Stephanie. <laughs> what? I, I feel like there's one near your dad's house. Hold the phone. I swear. Um, Where? Now I'm now I'm trying to remember if I'm thinking of here or where I grew up. I I know I've been near a pet cemetery, one way or the other, like near where I have lived. Um, I swear, we'll talk after. But okay. yeah, I will say yes. For me, yes, I've been near a pet cemetery. But it was like an official. It was like a big thing. It was like it wasn't. Oh, okay. It wasn't like you know, just in the woods and people made. It, it was mm-hmm. like kind of like here. I guess. That's how it worked with like, oh, you can bury your pet here. Like, I, I assume there are official channels that you have to go through this one because it was like, it was official looking, basically. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, okay. my uh, my my dad's parents, I think, own 10 acres um, in the Ozarks. It might be more than that, but um, have like, it's like a long, it's, it's set out. They, they're, my grandparents' neighbor is now my uncle. But then, like, the next one's, like, I think half a mile down the road or whatever. So I remember wandering around with my sister, one of my sisters in the yard, and, like, doing the loop to the road and back. We come back, and there's, like, this gated fence. Like, what the hell is this? It was a pet cemetery. (laughs) And thankfully, didn't know this book existed at the time. I probably would have been like, oh, no, no, never coming back here. Thank you. Not going anywhere (laughs) near this place. Yes. And Stephanie, so. it was I don't know if it's in your notes. I'm trying to remember. I think was Smucky's head, not headstone, but was it? Did it say he was obedient? I think was he the obedient cat? I didn't write I that. I thought down, it was. There was. That no. is definitely what Stephen King put on his. Yeah. Or that's what his daughter put on it. Okay. So, okay. so it's got to be. Assuming Smuckies. in the book, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, there's definitely <laughs> one that said an obedient cat. I can't remember any of the other ones, but you know, kids just writing a little stuff about their their pets. <laughs> I wonder what we would put on Chief Birdies. It's wonderful. He no. was not obedient. <laughs> That's it. Yours is going to say love cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As your ears perk up, you know that word. <laughs> he knows Charlie and cheese. The two most important words. What else does he need? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Going to the pet cemetery kind of, it triggers Ellie to ask about death. Um, she becomes she's five so she you know she becomes quite devastated at the the thought that church will die someday um and then i you know kind of making the leap at you know from from that to like her parents her brother her that you know this is a part of life and she she's she's not happy with it (laughs) she's not having it right is this where she throws the temper tantrum about that she throws a few yeah yeah that's also true yeah she definitely throws I, one here about, yeah, yeah the, about God not taking her cat. Right, that God can get his own cat. Yeah. 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 Her cat alone. And then this. Which and, I loved. I mean. And then finding out that his daughter said that, like, I, I love that concept. Yeah. Get your own cat, God. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you're just so young and innocent and yeah. clearly your family's not overly religious that you're just like. Wanting to yell into the storm. Get yeah. your own damn cat. Yeah. <laughs> this one's take it. <laughs> right. 
Church is mine. <laughs> Winston Churchill is mine. I was going to say, I don't Winston- think we said his full name yet. The cat's name is Winston <laughs> Churchill. Or Church, oh. for short. <laughs> yes. I- It was the 80s. I don't know. Can we yeah. pretend like that was enough of a reason? Sure. Nope. Chris is shaking his head now. <laughs> so this... there is, I mean, they do talk about why she named him Churchill, and I cannot remember. Something about the face, I believe. Yeah. I can't remember the details, remember. but that sounds right. Yeah. It just seems like such a cute, cutesy, like, uh, we're going to call it, like, we're going to call it church because that's like, you know, it sounds like a name that you could have for a pet, but then the jokey is like his real name is Winston Churchill. I'm like, come on. I mean, we named our dog Chief Brody. Yeah, that's awesome, though. Okay. <laughs> My mother's dog is, we call him Harry. His actual name is Harry Wagston, like oh. Harry Winston. <laughs> Fancy. Yes. We like said it, it as a joke. My sister loved it, and it stuck. Nice. So <laughs> I get cutesy names. Yeah. Although Chris does not appreciate my combo name for our next pet it's fairly long so do you know firefly a little bit all right so captain malcolm reynolds on firefly and then there's dr ian malcolm from jurassic park so my combo name was uh captain dr ian malcolm reynolds (laughs) he thinks it's too long (laughs) you can shorten it to church ian malcolm reynolds (laughs) I was trying to see if the letters made anything, but I got no, lost they into don't. what the name was. <laughs> All right. So Ellie learns about death. She asks questions, and Lewis is a doctor, so he's you know he's not going to lie to her. He tries to say, you know, it's, it's a natural, you know, it's a natural thing, and but he tries to say, you know, church will be around for a long time. You know, he could still be here when you're 15. This isn't necessarily something that's going to happen tomorrow. And then this whole thing starts a fight with his wife, Rachel, um, who felt that Ellie was too young to to be faced with stuff like this, even this concept as kind of general as they were talking about it. Um, she was not happy uh, about the trip up to the, the cemetery. But we find out. I kind of get, like, I mean, I get it. It's a little weird. But she got Rachel bugged me a little bit, but <laughs> Rachel Rachel needs some therapy. Um Rachel needs some serious she, therapy. A lot of therapy. Her whole damn family does. We find out later more details about it, but basically her sister, her older sister, um, died when they were very young of spinal meningitis and it really fucked up Rachel's head. Cause she was the yeah. only one there when, when the sister died. died. And also leading up to the yeah. death, her sister, which understandably she was not happy. Right. She became and, quite miserable. Um, she would take it out Lashing or they out. perceived it taking out on, on them. And um, yeah, that's, and that's part, I don't remember the movie. Uh, yeah. I might've seen the whole movie at some point when I was younger. I don't remember, but um, her sister's name is Zelda yeah. and the Zelda parts of the movie <laughs> definitely stuck in my head just really? the look of the 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 after that they put in the makeup but they actually it was it's a, a man playing the character in the movie because i guess they did makeup tests and they had somebody and it didn't look right so they cast they found this person and they put him in the makeup um 
for it. Again, I don't, I'm not sure of their entire reasoning, but that uh, the look of Zelda in the movie definitely stuck with me, and I definitely have it that in my head as I was reading the uh, the book. Um, the just the way, even if the book doesn't describe her that way, that's what I saw as I was reading it. Um, the uh, the uh, Zelda from the the film. Interesting. Now I'm really curious how she looks. Huh. No, I really yeah, it's, we gotta watch this. I think I saw it's one of those things where I randomly saw like um, a, a gif on the internet years ago and I'm like this looks familiar but I don't know what it's from and it was a Zelda scene because mm-hmm. they're in that at least in that one scene there's or the, 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 the gif that a person made there was no other actors in it so I couldn't I would have recognized the, the actor that plays the wife or the husband or you know Judd or something um, but they weren't in it, so I just was like, "What is this? What movies is from?" And then, after a while, I'm like, "Oh, that's Pet Cemetery." Oh my god, yes, I saw that as a kid. It scared me. God, I mean, the description of it when she finally opens up to Lewis about it later on in the book um, sounded goddamn terrifying. Oh yeah, like <laughs> yeah. And she was eight when her sister died, so poor eight year old. I think she was she Zelda's supposed to be ten. No, no, Rachel was eight. No, I know, oh. but I I know she was older, but I thought it was not much older. Yeah, yeah. In the movie, I think they aged her up because in the movie, her character Zelda definitely looks older than that. Okay, um, but it's the same idea, you know, she uh, spinal meningitis and everything. Yeah, um, awful. And Rachel's family didn't really her and her parents like they didn't really talk about things um as she when she finally opens up to lewis about her sister like they've been married for a number of years and she never really opened up about her sister period um but when she finally does she you know describes zelda as being their dirty little secret in the back room um so they don't really talk about death they didn't really talk about things so lewis did kind of snap at rachel during this fight about I can't remember exactly how he said it, but something about, fine, do you want to just tell Ellie that we're good people and we don't talk about death or something like that? Oh, like, God, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I kind of got where he was coming from because <laughs> I found her being a little frustrating at this point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Rachel needed, yeah, had some needs issues. She needs so there. much therapy. I mean, so she would have been a kid in the 60s, 70s, and mm-hmm. latest, and like, yeah. Definitely not a time where you talked about right. things. Right. So. Well, no, because too, because when, um, so after everything, after her, we found out that, her, you know, how her sister died and everything, um, her sister choked. She tried to turn her over to like thump her back and stuff. And she ended up straining her back. Rachel ended up straining her back and yeah. not realizing it. And then she had her first nightmare that night about Zelda coming to get her. Um, and then when she woke up screaming, she couldn't move. So she thought it was Zelda's revenge. Yeah, getting her, coming <laughs> and, back yes. together. Right. And then the doctor basically was like, there's nothing wrong with you. Also, your parents just lost a, a child. Stop it. You know? So and not I very just, supportive. So awful. Yeah. So awful. The, the description of when, what it happens and she's running down the street, basically just screaming Zelda's, yeah. did she say Zelda's dead or Zelda's yep. gone? But and almost sounding like is she crying or laughing, and then a neighbor finding her under a tree, and yeah. just like yes, so understandably she has issues. Yep. Yeah. Um, yes. But I think also before, at this point you don't know that. Yeah. You're and, just like what the hell, Rachel. <laughs> Lewis doesn't know exactly even. He doesn't know after details. being married for how many years and, yeah. and everything. So, um, but yeah, it's it's not a good scenario either way. Yeah. 
No, not at all. <clears throat> so, the first day of the fall semester for Lewis, um, <laughs> also not a great start to things because Yo. first he, he almost hits the jogger. He does. He's driving. It's an he awful almost start. Hits a, dro- a jogger. They give him the finger. He sees that the ambulance is gone, which he's immediately worried, but then he finds out it's just there was something leaking from it. It's fine. And that was the end of his day. That's as bad as it got. Uh, maybe <laughs> you skipped a few pages, several pages. <laughs> An entire chapter. I think that was the longest chapter of the Ooh. book. <laughs> so, oh, wait, actually, before we go on to that, um, the, the part where Ellie is talking to her dad about death Part of why I gave this book, I think like a four or so on Goodreads, part of why I gave it such a high rating was partly because of that uh, section there. Um, There was something about the way it it was written, and maybe it was just me, but it just really made me then think about the concept of death and me first, like, experiencing it as, you know, having someone die when I was a kid and stuff like that. So it did trigger a lot in me a little bit there about death. (laughs) Um. So yeah, that's all. I like that. That I thought he did a. I yeah. thought he handled it well. I can't remember the stuff that he yeah, said that, to her, but that was a point where I was like, okay, maybe you're not a terrible father. Maybe you actually really do like your kid, and it was just a bad day. <laughs> your daughter, because we think he likes his son. Yeah, yeah. He no, yeah. He's very much. He's very happy with his son. His prodigal son is fine. Yeah. That damn Ellie. <laughs> so poor Ellie. Ugh. All right. So back to the first day of the fall semester. So, <laughs> ambulance is gone, and then these joggers bring in this poor guy, Victor Pascal, who the three of them were jogging, and Victor gets hit by a car and gets thrown into a tree. And from his injuries, Ooh. right off the bat, Lewis knows this kid is going to die. Those There's two candy stripers. It's their first day. They're just there volunteering, <laughs> and this is what poor they girl. see. It, <laughs> it's just... I just poor I feel, girls. I feel that I just would have walked out and been like, "No, I'm done. Like, I can't." <laughs> well, one of them doesn't come back, and it's right. like, "Ed, we did not fault her. Right? We don't it's blame like, her. No, you, you can't one nope. bit." When you see brains leaking out onto the rug, you're yeah, you can be done. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Lewis ends up alone with Victor, and Victor starts speaking to him and talks about this, the pet cemetery and says that it's not the real cemetery. He calls Lewis by his name and then says the soil or he says the soil of a man's heart is stonier. Lewis, a man grows what he can and he tends it. So no one else is there to hear this. Lewis is by himself. And then Lewis, I made a note that he's he's a very he, try, he, he does a lot of rationalizing. So he's, mm-hmm. he ends up telling himself, yeah, no, you his maybe he made because oh, then he dies. <laughs> just yeah. And then Victor <laughs> dies right yep. after that. <laughs> Um, he does die. Um, he ends up, Lewis ends up telling himself, no, you know, you probably just made some vocalizations and your brain made you think he was talking about the pet cemetery. You know, he tries to kind of talk himself out of this whole thing having just happened. And he's thinking because of his fight, right? Like with Rachel, right. he's rationalizing, oh, I'm thinking about this still. That's why. And he made a sound and that's yeah, what I sounded yeah. like. Yeah. It's just a sound. Yeah. So... Then that Victor. I know that he's he was like 23. He was engaged. One of the joggers was his oh god, fiance. yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, so that night, Lewis 
uh, has a dream that Pascal comes to visit him in his house. So he gets up and he follows him out to the pet cemetery. And while he's walking behind him at some point, he realizes it's not a dream. There was the point where he realized was where I was saying out loud, you're not dreaming (laughs) because a branch poked him and it hurt. And I was like, you're not supposed to feel pain in a dream, Louis. Please realize what's happening. (laughs) But before that, he also, Victor walks through a door, a closed door. (laughs) And Louis is like, ah, I'm dreaming. I can do this. Boom. Oh. (laughs) Into the wall. Nope. Okay. I did think that I have was just funny. enough logic in my dream that like this is why this isn't working. I love that scene so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I just wanted to back up. I appreciate um uh, in the previous scene with Victor when he comes in, Lewis like he's a good do- like he knows what he's doing. I just like that. I feel like you could you oh, could have yeah. written him as being just a, a jerk and not, but it was mm-hmm. like no, he he knows what he's he was under control yep. again, even though he knew right away yeah. that. I can't do anything. Right. I was he just took like, charge. Oh. He gave directions. Or pe- that's how he ended up alone. Was he was directing people to do stuff, get blankets, yeah. get right. this, get that. So that's all. Um, I just feel. I, I just like that. Lewis is actually, uh, uh, you know, good at what he's doing. Yeah. And also, I yeah. want to say. He's, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say he's a very complex character. He's not. Yeah. Just kind of a bad dud of a guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's Which kind I, of hard to hate Lewis. I feel like. Again, since I don't really remember the movie, the actor, Dale Medkiff, there's something about his face, and I feel like I don't like him. So even if you played the character as it was in the book, I just don't like... I, I, I was prepared, from what I remember from the movie, and just seeing his face, I was prepared to not like the book character no matter what, because that's who I would picture to my head. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I, I was... I was pleasantly surprised that I'm like oh yes he is like you said he's complex but yeah. he's I, I didn't hate him like I was ready to yeah. and also it took me a while I kept saying his name is like like Louis like French King Louis for a while <laughs> yeah. in my head and it took a while for me to not do that and I wished for a while I'm like Stephen King L-E-W-I-S <laughs> Louis spell it that way please you told me that's I feel before. like that's the last name yeah, yeah. The first name it that way? I, I don't know but still that's sure <laughs> You told me this. I like that you made him French. Yeah. (laughs) But you told me this and then I, before I started reading it and that's how I was hearing it. (laughs) But then that's making me thinking of, think of Interview with the Vampire because that's like the Louis that comes to my mind. (laughs) And this is how Stephanie started writing her fan fiction of Interview with the Vampire and Pet Cemetery. Combine the two. (laughs) Oh boy. Hey, this is all your fault. <laughs> oh, uh, when are we getting a divorce? Tomorrow. Wow. When you're done, re- when you're done writing this, this, this fan okay. fiction. But uh, a certain someone has made some money off of Twilight fan fiction, so if I make money, you get oh, nothing. damn it, that's right. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> I'll stick true. around. And I'll stick around. there is someone who's made fan, uh, money off of Harry Potter fan fiction, so it is a thing. I don't know and about the Harry Potter fan fiction. What? The Mortal Instruments series started okay. as a Harry Potter fan fiction. And there's a book series called Tell No One. It's actually, it's it's quirky, but I I like it. It's a duology um, that I think started out as a One Direction fan fiction. What? So. The... What? <laughs> <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So Lewis is up in the Pet cemetery with Victor. Um, he does realize after the, the branch pokes him in the shoulder or the arm that it, this is not a dream. He's following a dead man, a ghost, a dead, a, something, um, to the pet cemetery. 
And Pascal warns him not to go beyond the blowdown, no matter how much he feels that he needs to. Uh, he tells him that there's more power there than he knows. And he says, it is old and always restless. He does also tell him that the destruction that his that Lewis's destruction and the destruction of all he loves is very near. So, so very happy prophecies. Yeah. To go with that like moment of fear Lewis felt when he was putting Gage to bed that one time. Yeah. So I think the next day does he wake up thinking it was a dream and then Yes, he's the last person to know that yeah. it wasn't a dream. But then he gets out of bed and like the sheets are dirty. His feet are covered in dirt because yeah. he walked outside barefoot. So, yeah. Uh... Does his wife work? Okay. No. And then I had some thoughts about that because we will find out later. Her parents do not like him, right. especially their, her dad. Um, and he says something to him at one point that he took, he got Rachel to marry him and turned her into a like a scullery <laughs> maid. Um, so I don't think she works, but I think but she also doesn't do the laundry. Right. Because Missy something comes, Dandridge comes and does the laundry. And then I was thinking like Irwin, her dad, well, what does your wife do? Like I was just, I, it sounded like she was a stay at home mom that Rachel was a stay at home mom and is written in the eighties. I kind of thought that, you know, so Rachel was a, a kid in what the 60s, 70s. Her mom was probably a stay-at-home mom. It seemed yeah. it, Irwin was pretty well off. Um, so what? What is the difference between the two of them being stay-at-home moms? Like what? I, yeah, that was I. What I was trying to figure out was why Rachel's a scullery maid, but his wife is just not <laughs> a scullery maid. Yeah, it's it's weird. the The in-laws are very strange to me. Ugh. Like kind of almost unnecessary of the disconnect between all of it i don't know i yeah, i agree i i mean at the end you know what the reasoning is of so you can get the rest of the family out of the way or even before that the end of him sending uh them so he can stay because he mm-hmm. doesn't get along with them and i feel like you right. could have done that without the just being like i I don't I like. I just don't want to go. Yeah, like it, I, there could have been easier ways to do that uh, uh, on King's part instead of this whole background. Yeah, of, but I mean, it really yeah. did. Then it makes her parents even more villainous. With when we learn about how they handled everything with Zelda or didn't handle oh, yeah, and everything know, with her. Yeah. So That's on true. Top of that, I forgot about that. Yeah, because they're um, just basically very his dad. People. Yeah, his dad uh, or her dad. I'm sorry, her dad. Uh, when Lewis and Rachel were engaged, her dad tries to convince Lewis to break off the engagement by bribing him. He will pay his entire bill or tuition for medical school if he'll just break that relationship off. And poor Lewis thought that maybe they were going to finally be getting along. They were having a, a chat, just the two of yeah. them. And this is what this asshole is bringing to the table. <laughs> um, I guess she was in school for something that it must not have either made an impact on anybody or what oh maybe he was mad that she was working to help put him in school yeah i think that might have been part her of it. stay home mm-hmm. but she's oh home maybe now. that's where <laughs> yeah right yeah. and he's and got maybe, a good job right maybe they also don't think his job is good enough he's not like a crazy high-powered surgeon making 
Right. I mean, he's he's oh, making yeah, a good amount like, of money. We're rich, right? Right. <laughs> You're a doctor. Yeah. We're rich, right? Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's that's how this works. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's not how this works, Ellie. Let's see. Oh, so my next note is about church getting neutered. <laughs> uh, Judd does ask Lewis, you know, is your cat fixed? You know, because if they're not, they tend to wander, and this road is not good for pets. So Lewis had thought about they had talked. I think him and Rachel had talked about um, getting the cat neutered before they even moved, and then Lewis canceled the appointment. And it, I remember it said something like he didn't really know why it. It didn't really have to do with the masculinity tied to to be you know being not neutered, but it totally did. <laughs> oh, it totally does. He's so obsessed it's with this so cat dumb. not having balls. It's so stupid. Yes. So ridiculous. <laughs> Like, it doesn't um, make sense, especially, didn't they live in Chicago? Like, you don't yes. want your cat running around, getting other cats pregnant. Like, I guess you're right. not technically responsible for it because they can't really prove it easily. I don't know, but. But you don't want your cat running around because <clears throat> your cat could get hit by a car in Chicago. Like, you don't have to right. be, on, you could be in the suburbs. You don't have to be on a busy road. Your cat could get hit. It could get eaten by a, another animal, you know, anything yeah. could happen to it. So... When Church does have his operation, um, <laughs> the cat doesn't want to go outside, but Lewis is sad because the cat <laughs> seems to have lost a part of, part of himself. Yeah. What this really happened is Lewis apparently sucks. Lewis lost part of himself. Right. <laughs> um, he does also, this is later after everything that happens, at one point... He's thinking, he says, he's thinking to himself something about the cat and he thinks he, and he's like, no, it, because it got spayed. It oh spayed. God, it yeah. Be neutered. But it's like, oh, it's an it now because it doesn't like, it, it's an it now. <laughs> so you ready, you hear that? You're it now. <laughs> like, yeah, Lewis, it, this whole thing is so. Obsessed with the balls. Yes. He, yeah. It's very weird. Like I, that's, this is one of those things I wondered with Stephen King like this when they had cats and they you know with his kids like did he not want them to get fixed right. or because... did like his wife want him to get a vasectomy he was like no i can't do that <laughs> like masculinity yeah it's it's odd there are definitely <sighs> a few things where i'm just like what are you obsessed with because and, and this being one of them the the animals needing to be fixed the other is like thinking about people when they're younger and how they were probably attractive or like making kids, sex, sexualizing kids, and it's just like Stephen King. What's on your brain? <laughs> right, cocaine. Previously, <laughs> this is yes. <laughs> this is very true. And because I mean, this was he wrote this, or he at least started this in the late seventies, like seventy eight. Didn't come out until eighty three because he put it put it in shelf um, away for a while, and then it came out in eighty six, and that was definitely within his time period of. Um, I'm trying to remember, I think, which book. I don't know if it's Cujo. There's definitely one book that he says that he has no recollection of writing because he was just out of it completely. It might have been Cujo. So, like, I feel like this is definitely in the time when he had substance problems. So, and I'm not saying that's an excuse or that, but I'm saying, who knows um, what what was actually going on in his mind because of what he was doing, so... (laughs) 
Was Cujo fixed? I haven't read or seen Cujo. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's what happened. That's what set him off. It wasn't that's... rabies. He got oh, fixed. He got really yeah, angry. Yeah, he went crazy. And he murdered everybody. <laughs> I've not, I've not seen that with movie. Re- revenge for the neuter. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone Terrified thought it was the rabies. Ever. Yeah, not rabies. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's rabies. I forgot. <laughs> I, was, I was really like, I don't actually know what Cujo is about. <laughs> That one I remember watching the movie. The little boy from uh, Who's the Boss is in that, right? He's the. Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's the, the son from Who's the Boss, and I don't okay. remember who the mom is. D. Wallace. But I okay. Yes. From E.T. And yes. <laughs> I just remember being like, "This is terrible. How do you get out of this situation?" <laughs> yeah, I just know Cujo from Friends. I mean, I know of Cujo. I know it's about a dog. It's very bad. It's about dog. a Beethoven from Friends. With er. the episode where Joey realized he has feelings for Rachel, they go out on the date while she's pregnant, and he comes back and she's watching Cujo, and they like, yes. yeah, she's like, I snuggle don't up together in the chair. Dog. <laughs> I remember now. I really hope the dog dies in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can't see it, but Chris is making a face. Oh, I, I, I'm not I totally happy believe face. that. You want to jump in on this Friends conversation here? I can't. Okay. I watched like three okay. seasons of Friends when I was that age when it was on, and then I stopped. Might be on Netflix still. I don't care. All right. Let me introduce <laughs> you. still on Netflix. No. <laughs> don't you want some like really bad 90s stuff where you're just like, oh, that's that's inappropriate now? <laughs> I still remember so the band. Hmm? The, the band name of the plays of the theme song. I don't know that. I'm, Megan, do you yeah. remember? How do I know this? <laughs> the Rembrandts. Uh, okay. That's God. Right. I am older than both of you, so I was, I was real in... That song was super popular, that video. I'm also not, like, that musically inclined. Like, if you ever got a hold of my Spotify, you'd be like, oh, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so you Which, know. Speaking of, I have a... A, a, a Spotify pick at the end of this episode that everyone should uh, okay. uh, listen to in okay. relation to this. All right. All right. If you've seen the movie, you know, but I will save it for the end. All right. So, let's see. Oh, Rachel ends up taking the kids to Chicago to see her parents, kind of what Chris was mentioning earlier. Um, Lewis doesn't go. I don't remember... If there was another reason for it, did he have to work? This is just... No, 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 no. It was partly that, because he said that he would have had to come back anyways, but it's the family stuff. Oh, he yeah, just it's the family wanna... stuff, but I didn't... Like, it but is, she yeah. knows, you know, I think he says something like, tell your parents hi, and she's like, yeah, okay. Like, she knows that they don't get right. along. She does not know about her dad trying to bribe Lewis, and he I mean, will never I tell her I think he's that. on call, or, like, he chooses to be on call because of this, okay. but, like, yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's, I think it's that, and it's also, it is something, like, he would, the kids in school would be back sooner, so he would have to come back anyways, I think, too. Right, so it, it's probably both, it's like, earlier. he's like, well, I'll just stick around anyways, but yeah. I would have to, even if I wasn't doing this, too, I would have to come back earlier right. because, the you know, school's going to start mm-hmm. up again, but, yeah, either right. way, yeah. but he's sends them off. He's not sad before, about not seeing her parents. Before that happens, because that's Thanksgiving, Halloween yep. night happens, um, and oh, right. Nora, Norma almost dies yes. of a heart attack, um, right. which is almost not worth mentioning, except for that Lewis is there to save her life, mm-hmm. um, which is questionably the point where this chain kind of takes off for the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. I'd almost argue the chain started 
a long time before, but mm, yeah, that is kind of where King is like, this starts something. Right. So, yeah, that's right. They, uh, Lewis is bringing Ellie around and he's outside talking to Judd and Ellie's inside and she starts screaming for him to come in because Norma fell down. And, um, yes. Uh, after that, I remember it was something about Lewis and Ellie having a conversation about it. And I think she says, well, she's old, so she's, she'll, she's, she's probably just going to die soon. Very like nonchalant about it. Like she's, yeah. Kids are weird when it comes to death. Like yeah. it is a little, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I can understand her being more upset about the cat than this woman that she's probably she, known for four months now. Right. She's yeah. had that yeah. cat forever. The cat always sleeps with her. Right. So, yeah. But uh, I thought it was nice, though. Uh, Lewis did tell her that she probably helped save her life because she was there and got Lewis yes. to get inside as quickly as um, as possible. So. Right. And he sends, Lewis sends Judd across the busy street to yep. his house Takes to get LA. the bag. But he specifically is like, I need you to go because. Um, he doesn't tell him. But he's like, you get the bag and you bring it back to yes, me. Yes, because have Rachel right. make the phone call because yes. he knew Rachel wouldn't right. handle it. I'm just like, this woman had a heart attack. Get your shit together and help her. But okay. <laughs> and I think is, is at this point, King does a thing where um, we know that Norma is going to die. He says like seven weeks from after this. Like we know at that point, I believe... Um, Oh, really? I believe so. Shit, did I, I might have glossed over that, because when she did die, I was like, oh. No, yes, there's definitely a thing, and he kind of repeats it later, um, right when, um, before Gage dies, we know. Oh, before Gage, yeah, we know. In like, 11, however yeah, many weeks, um, yeah. that that's going to happen, but he does his first with Norma, so he has a heart attack, she recovers, she's in the hospital doing fine, but at some point, mm-hmm. maybe it's at the end of the chapter, I'm not sure, but we, he basically says, like, she, she dies seven weeks later. Yeah. So it's we we know that it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there are a lot that. of clues leading up to it. Starts calling. I thought he was calling her frail looking, but he, mm-hmm. it's she looks like she's failing. Is actually yeah. like I had to read it a few times. Okay. To stop putting the R in there. Yeah. Because she's mean, got she some has, bad arthritis. Yeah, she has the bad rheumatoid yeah. arthritis, which we knew about like from the beginning. Um, right. And seemed whereas. Judd, when Judd is being described, he's very spry. And like when they're walking to the pet cemetery at the beginning, Louis, I mean, Lewis is carrying his son, but he's like dying and sweating. And Judd's just like <laughs> trotting along, like, you know, and how old is Judd? 83. 83, yeah. Yeah, in his 80s. And yeah. I mean, I've met plenty of old people like this, and every time it's just like, this isn't fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, it, I mean, it makes sense as to. Um, he's lived in one place his entire life and mm-hmm. manual labor and things like that keeps his mind busy, you know? Yeah. That's what they say d- does it. So. Yeah. So that happens. And then for Thanksgiving, Rachel takes the kids to Chicago. Um, Lewis ends up having Thanksgiving with Judd and Norma. And, but then that night he gets a phone call from Judd that there is a dead cat in his yard and it unfortunately is church. Uh, which uh, kind of back to what you were saying, Megan, things kind of the, not the plan starting, but the path, like everything starting kind of with Norma. Um, right. 
because Church wasn't going outside um, because, uh, you know, after he had... He got his balls cut off. Right, after He's not that, he just anything. didn't have any desire to. <laughs> his quality of life, according to Lewis, has, had all gone downhill. <laughs> uh, but he wasn't going outside, so he was surprised. But right, it was him. Um, so Judd decides to take Lewis to the pet cemetery, but to do it that night, which... Lewis Norma's g- Norma's gone. Right, Norma's she's gone. At she's church, with friends. Yeah, yeah, the church. Yes. She won't be yes. back till. Knows going to be gone for a few hours. Right. At least. And uh, Judd seems to make a decision, and then gets the stuff so that they can go do this now. And Lewis is like, "Why? Why do you have to do this now?" Like, um, because Judd does ask him, "Are you going to tell Ellie?" And he's like, "I don't know." He was thinking of maybe just burying him in the pet cemetery, and then just saying, mm, "He ran away. I don't know where he went." Smart. I would have done yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> just. Or just get a cat that looks like... No, it's not a fish. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. Cats have way too much personality. I feel like that would have been better than the ultimate outcome. Though. Oh, but then he I would mean, have fair. forgot... Fair? He would have forgot the most important thing, the balls. He would have, oh, <laughs> like, I they forgot. Back. Oh, no. <laughs> they grow back. Um, so they end up going to the pet cemetery. And then Judd says that they're going to go over the blowdown. And then you have to just... I know the way. Don't look down. You just gotta just do it quick and just do it, um, and it works. Which I, when Judd gets over, and then when Lewis gets over, he's like, "We made it!" And just like you, you didn't think that we would, you know. <laughs> so from there, Judd tells him it's about a three mile walk, which is just yeah, like, so yeah, it's like, good lord. Some of these dis- distances, I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know it can't be right off the blowdown, but I mean. Yeah. A mile. A mile's good. <laughs> it's, isn't it a mile from like the house to the pet to cemetery? The, yeah. And, and then, that's what he so walked four miles. Or previously basically. at night, almost mm-hmm. naked and everything. Right. Without shoes. Right. And he's so carrying the, a dead cat. And he's carrying a dead, like, yeah. Wait, yep. At night in the woods. No. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just tell your child the cat ran away. I'm okay with that. It's a lie. <laughs> he doesn't want to lie to his daughter, but you know what? Better outcome. Yeah, right. book stud. Yep. If you really don't want to lie, you could tell her that he died and do like a pet funeral memorial. I don't know, something. But like, don't do this next part. <laughs> God, no. Yes. Please don't ever bury any pets on ancient Indian soil. Yep. Burial grounds. Yeah. Just don't do it. Pro tip. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Judd warns him that he might hear some creepy things. I Did you write anything down? I, don't, I didn't write down the stuff that he's like, you may hear loons, voices carrying. He says it sounds like voice. If it sounds like voices, it's just the loons mm-hmm. carrying from, I forget just where off loons. he says, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. If, if you go into a creepy part of the woods and it's like, if you hear, if you hear voice or something that sounds like voices, yeah, it's, it's not it's like, nope, it's always voices. And they do hear a creepy laugh that kind of turns into a sob. To which Judd says it was it was a loon, but it's a Lewis loon. makes yeah Lewis makes note that Judd looks terrified. <laughs> yes. yes. So they end up getting um, to like this, uh, like a flat top mesa that they walk up what forty five steps to get to the top. Is it forty five or forty two? Now I'm trying to remember exactly. Okay, because Judd couldn't remember. He gets it wrong, and I knew I was going to go wrong. <laughs> Um, so Jed tells him he has to be- he has to, to dig uh, Church's grave himself, but as he's doing it, Jed is putting aside uh, rocks for the Karen. Karen. 
Mm, online, I think it's pronounced Kern. I don't know. It's like a. I think it's pronounced. I don't know. It's spelled Karen, but I think it's pronounced Kern. Okay. I don't know. Um, he tells Lewis not to ask any questions. He's still not explaining why they walked four miles into the woods and what they're doing. So they bury the cat. It's Kern. You were right. It's Kern. Thanks. Because <laughs> it's a word I hadn't seen before. Really, I'd seen it before, but I always, I mispronounced it all the time. Then yeah. So they put the like the Kern little. It's like a memorial, like Stones. headstone type of thing, yeah. pile. And then they go home, and um, I didn't actually write anything down about this, but Judd does leave him a note, because him and Norma, for the next day, him and Norma are going out, um, but he tells him not to talk about what they did last night, uh, that the townspeople don't really like for kind of outsiders to, to know about it, um, and that Norma, he's not telling Norma, because he says, Norma doesn't know what I'm leaving in this note, um, I told her I was leaving a note about something else, but maybe when you understand a little bit more, we can talk about it. Right. So then I think about one o'clock that afternoon, church comes home. Um, yeah. He's. Which I would pack up and move. I'm not going <laughs> to Like Lewis had to know going up to this pet cemetery, what was going on. Like he's following so blindly, but it's really not like he has to know, but still the moment the cat comes back, I've been like, no, fuck no, this is real, I'm out, bye. Done. Like, you can take care of the cats, it's now yours, I'm going to Chicago, yep. joining my family. Please send, yeah, and family, we're <laughs> never going back to Maine. Ellie, your cat died. <laughs> we're not <Yes>. going back. <laughs> just, he gets off the plane, hugs his wife, Ellie, your cat died. <laughs> That's <Yep>. The end. <laughs> I didn't bury oh. him in the pet cemetery, so no, you can't go visit. No. Um, Burned his ass. Yeah, but he doesn't. He, uh, back to the rationalizing, Lewis thinks, uh, you know, when I looked at him, you know, when when he went to go investigate, when Judd first calls him and says they have a dead cat in the yard, um, when I looked at him, maybe he was just knocked out. He was just stunned. And so he woke up and found his way home. Like, I'm a people doctor, not an animal doctor. (laughs) Oh, God, yes, that moment. Yeah. Um, But church is definitely different. His, his eyes are described as muddy and cats are pretty graceful. You know, they can jump up onto a counter, you know, not knock things over unless they really want to. And <laughs> church has lost all of that. Keeps banging is, into stuff. This falling is some into of my stuff. favorite. Cause I, I grew up with cats and yeah, they can get into places and like walk along, um, past picture frames and not do any, knock them over and, church wouldn't be able not to do church. that just every time it's yeah. just, i forget not how many times church. yeah i forget how many times it's described in the book of him jumping down from something and slinking well, not slinking away but just like kind of falling mm-hmm. down and trying to like you know yeah. just it's it's creepy to me because i don't think i've ever the only time that would happen to a real cat is if it was hurt or something was right. wrong with it because something's right. wrong with church right and lewis is scared even though he's trying to rationalize it to himself he's scared he feeds the cat, and I think that's when he goes upstairs to take a bath, and he ends up basically running away from the cat in his own house. <laughs> um, he's taking a bath, and the cat comes in, and he's like, "Get out!" You know, he's, he's and he doesn't. Scared. He ends up not touching it. Yeah, he not doesn't want to touch it because he used to pick it up and oh, put yeah. it outside. Yeah, and he and it smells up. like death or dirt. Yeah, death. Both. Yes. All of it. Yeah. Doesn't even try to clean it. Right. Which, I mean. Maybe at least try. 
Cats don't like water. <laughs> well, I feel like an attempt should have been made. <laughs> when a cat comes back from the dead, do we Just, care if it likes water yeah. or not? <laughs> right. I mean, maybe it'll let you do it. I don't know. <laughs> so Lewis ends up going to talk to Judd because now he, he understands. Um, basically, Judd tells him that that <clears throat> burying ground that they went to was the old Micmac burying ground and that the Micmacs didn't use it anymore. Um, I think because the Wendigo soured the earth. Yes. So Wendigo. <laughs> I only real not experience with, but knowledge of <laughs> comes from that episode of Charmed where I think Piper gets turned into one. So I thought a yes. Wendigo was like a werewolf <laughs> type thing. <laughs> There's an episode of Supernatural too, um, where well they keep calling it Wendigo, Wendigo. I don't remember, um, but which makes me laugh the whole time. I feel like that's a better representation of Wendigos than than the Charms, where she's turned into a werewolf. Yeah, because I went to look it up to see more about it because I was like, this doesn't sound like a werewolf. It's not a werewolf. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's an evil spirit. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, where if it touches you, it can give you the taste of flesh. Um, yep. Let's see. Judd's guess was that uh, the Micmacs bury the bones of whoever they ate at the burying ground and then decided the ground had gone sour. So... When I was looking As up stuff does. about, yeah. <laughs> when I was looking up stuff about uh, the Wendigo, I did find a couple stories of people. There's this one man, a Cree Native American named Swift Runner, who killed and ate his entire family and used the Wendigo defense. Said that he was possessed by oh. a spirit. Uh, this okay. was an Alberta candidate. He was found guilty of killing them and got hanged in 1879 for that. And then there was this other guy, uh, Jack Fiddler of the, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, Anishinaabe. Uh, They were indigenous to the U.S. and Canada. I can't remember where exactly this was, but him and his brother were arrested in 1907 uh, for killing 14 people who Jack said had either transformed into a Wendigo or were about to. Um, He ended up committing suicide before his trial and his brother got life, but he died a few days later. Um, But... Jack Fiddler, Until Dawn. Apparently there's a character I have not played until... Have you played Until Dawn? I have. I I love it, Until Dawn. Um, so the stranger is apparently Jack Fiddler, someone who hunts and traps oh, Wendigo, which I was like, oh. Shit. Okay. <laughs> that yeah, makes more sense. I have the game, but I haven't finished it, but I watched... Before I was ever going to get it, I I watched um, people like um, play it online. and Why do people do this? <laughs> It's so much better unspoiled. No, I know, but yeah. I, it's because at the time I was just like, I'm not going to play this game, so uh, I'll just see what it is. And it was like it's people that I, I enjoy watching. Um, it's uh, uh, Giant Bomb is the website, the, the video game website. Okay. And they were playing it, um, so that's why. Um, so then when I I got it, I know that I would enjoy it, so I am going to play it at some point. But um, yeah, when that story goes that way, I was like, this is this is great because it kind of it plays it both ways where it's. It seems like it's fake um, uh, without getting into, into too many details. And then at the end, it's like, oh, it's real. And it's totally this story is happening. But yeah, that's it. I think the stranger, it's he's the guy that's kind of hunting, right? He's got like the flamethrower, I think. Yeah. So there's um, there are two like 
horror stories in one. And at the very beginning, there's twin sisters that die um, or they go missing and presumed dead. And they're scared by this dude with a flamethrower. And that's the stranger. Yeah. So that's really cool that I did not put that together uh, at all. That's really awesome. Oh, I didn't put that together. Google gets credit for that because when I typed in Jack Fiddler to find out more about him, you know, it autofills, it autofilled until dawn. And I was like, what? So I clicked on that. <laughs> it's like, That's, oh, interesting. That guy, that the the person who plays that character in the game, I'm pretty sure he wrote or co-wrote the uh, screenplay or the, the, the script for the game because he's actually a filmmaker too. He oh. makes horror movies. So I'm sure if he had a hand in the writing, he was also like, oh, yeah, we'll make my character this name just because it'll people will figure that out and yeah. have that tie in. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I always like when people leave it. Cause I always feel like the uh, Wendigo is more of a native American mm-hmm. um, horror story that when you leave those elements in, it's so much better. Mm. Um, like charmed completely removed that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I can imagine. Totally did. <laughs> and I also feel like it's a more northern, um, like, you don't, I also don't know a ton of Native American stories, but I feel like it's a more above the Mason-Dixon line story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of, and probably mostly due to, like, there's a lot of snow. So, you yeah. know, people get trapped. <laughs> right. And have to turn to cannibalism. When to go? You know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Another thing I'd seen was that they believe that the Wendigo are unnaturally large and can mimic human voices, which is important yes. for that creepy ass no, laugh that they heard. You're talking about birds. Um, and that they will slowly drive people crazy before possessing them and that their appetite is never sated. So. All this makes sense. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> after Judd kind of explains about the burying ground, he goes on to talk more about his dog Spot who he did bury at the pet cemetery. Um, I can't remember what happened to his dog that made that his dad ended up having to. He ran into a misery, basically. Uh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Stanny B. Stanny B. Yeah. Uh, sees Jed crying about his dog. And I thought this, this part was funny. Um, Stanny B says, all right, so at midnight or whatever, I'm going to come to your house or whatever time it was late at night. And we're going to go do something. <laughs> um, so Stanny B is drunk and he's like trying to get like, think, does he throw rocks up at the window? Yes. So Judd's terrified that his parents are going to wake up. And then Stanny B is just being loud as can be. <laughs> Classic I do Stanny love B. the yeah. character. Yes. I love Stanny yeah. B. Every small ha- town has a Stanny B that knows yeah. all the stories. It's great. Right. Um, so Judd climbs out of his house, you know, down the trellis or whatever, and they go up to the pet cemetery and then over the, the blowdown and Stanny B basically says the same stuff to him that he says to Lewis, right? Um, he ends up burying spot and then Stanny B, I don't think he tells him what's going to happen, but then the next day Judd's mom is screaming in the kitchen because Spot <laughs> is standing right there. <laughs> and he yes. backs her into a corner. Yeah. Not vicious. Not vicious nothing vicious, but, but it's just... You know. Just, yeah. It would be scary. Yeah. <laughs> so he takes him out to give him a bath, which Spot used to hate. And this dog just kind of sits there and lets him do it. Um, My favorite when, description. When Spot licks him. 
No, oh. when he's washing him. Oh, it's when like he's washing meat. Oh, like washing meat, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then, so gross. And you can see the barbed wire, the spots mm-hmm. where the barbed wire actually hit him, and it's kind of, um, I forget how he describes it exactly. It's kind of filled like in, but it's like over. a different color. Yeah, it's like yeah. a dimple, but it's kind of And the spot where his dad obviously shot, shot him, him in the head. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that when Spot licks him, it's like carp, right? Like fish, like a it's dead cold. fish. It's and, cold. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then I also liked how when Judd's dad gets home, he sees the dog and he's just like, all right. <laughs> like, he's not surprised by it. No. Um, I think he even asked, like, who told you? Right. Who? Not what did you do, just who told you? You know, who did <laughs> yeah. this? Um, because Judd's dad had never been to the pet cemetery. Um, but Stanley B obviously had. Right. So Judd explains that his dog is different. Um, not the same, like, exuberant, fun dog that he was before he died <laughs> that he definitely came back different um but not mean that's the thing he kept insisting was no no animals ever came back mean except for <laughs> this one guy's prized bull which how you get a bull yeah, one just... over the blowdown first of all without oh God, killing yeah. yourself and then three more miles in you know him and the guy and his son like no this they is just not sled. worth it <laughs> He used um, pulleys and rope and I don't know. Effort. <laughs> I wonder Raise if there's a like a, a size because I don't know enough about bulls to know if they're like intelligent creatures. I don't think they are. Mm. And sorry for any bull enthusiasts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wonder if there it seems if there's two different spirits and like the one that eventually the one that's really malicious tried to take the bull because of his size or what? And maybe that's why it turned me. I don't know. I was like, why of all things would a bull turn? I mean, that's, I like that. Cause that would be the chance for the spirit to really get some people. Yeah. It's got the size. Whereas a dog, I mean, a dog could, you know, but a bull is much bigger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the the bull ended up having to get put down for a second time because yeah. he would just attack anything that moved. I think he attacked trees because the leaves and the wind. Like, yes. Yeah. Um. So Jed explains all this to him, and Lewis. His, one of his follow up <laughs> questions is: Has anyone ever buried a person up there? Classic Lewis. Oh, Lewis. Which Judd says no, but Lewis thinks that he's lying. But then we just move on from that. <laughs> yeah, he also asks, like, why did you do this? And oh, yeah. um, Lewis is like, well, you saved Norma's life. Like, this is me repaying that favor. But it's also implied that, like, Judd believes this, but it's a lie. Yeah. Like, that maybe There's... Judd is tainted somehow. Mm-hmm. That it's a secret and there's a pull to sharing the secret. Like yeah. his dad had heard about it, but didn't tell him about it when Spot died because he wasn't fully in on the secret. He just knew that this thing could happen. Whereas Stanley B had buried a pet there, so he knew the secret. You gotta like it has to be passed on by someone who has actually gone actually, and yeah. done it. Which is so yeah. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I like that this story because again, going into it, I just kind of thought oh, people bury things here, they come back, and it's bad because that's bad. But I like 
that it's there's more to it and it's something that maybe it's not that's not all their own doing it's something that's influencing for whatever means or whatever it it might want and everything and i like how i like trying to think of what is what like i don't think it's necessarily 100 percent that uh you know it's doing everything to control people but i feel like it's using what people also kind of want in their own minds and kind of pushing them just in that direction a little bit uh, to, yeah. to get what it wants as right. well. Right. Yeah. Well, Judd is probably problematic and might have voted for Trump if he was still alive. I don't know. Like <laughs> no, I, I can't, I quite get a, that kind of vibe, <laughs> but uh, for all intents and purposes in this book, he's pretty great. Like, yeah, exactly. He's a good, yeah. He's a good yeah. dude. So like, I don't think he, personally is trying to be malicious or like right. feeling like he has to pass this on right. kind of thing. Cause he does so. say something too, that his dad, I think his dad asks him if he's happy about the way spot came back and that he had oh, a hard yeah. time answering that question. Yeah. So, I mean, doing this will save Lewis that conversation, the conversation you would have to have with Ellie about her cat dying or running away if he wanted to lie. Um, right. but when the family comes back from Chicago, Ellie immediately, well, actually first she asks Lewis if church is okay because she had a dream that he died. Mm-hmm. So right. there's that. Um, and then when she sees the cat, she knows like immediately that something is off. Something is weird. Also, he stinks. He smells like yes. death, yes. which not her words, but he smells like death. Mm. Yeah, she doesn't I'm curious. want him to sleep with her anymore if she had premonitions before, like there's no discussion of this, if this is like a, a family trait or anything like that, mm. or like if it is, cause they kind of explain like why Victor is still around later. Mm-hmm. Cause he's connected to Lewis. Right. But is he giving all of these premonitions to Ellie or is it a different force? I don't know. Right. None I mean, of that is explained. My reading of this, the second that, and we started having these dreams or visions or, you know, whatever. I immediately went to, oh, she's got the shine. She's like Danny Torrance mm-hmm. and she oh, yeah. sees things that are going to happen. Yeah. And since it's Stephen King and things are connected, who knows? Like, I, I don't think he's ever come out and said that that is, oh, you know, she's got the shine. But that when I, right. when I was reading the book for the first time yeah. here, I'm just like, oh, that's kind of my assumption as so, you know. Yeah. Again, it could be in this situation, other forces based, you know, from the McMack burying ground and everything like that. But the way I, I kind of, I assumed was like, oh, maybe it's something like the, the, the Shining and everything, just because he did write The Shining before um, this in the 70s. So he already had that idea and everything. Yeah. I kind of like kind of with, is this something in her family? I mean, Lewis did have that one moment it wasn't a clear moment. It wasn't a dream. It was just a feeling, a very bad feeling that of fear, you know? Right. Um, so I kind of thought maybe that has something to do with her, you know, that plus Victor being connected to him. And then maybe just cause they, they say kids can see ghosts. Like they're more open to certain things, you know? So, so lucky those kids. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she knows something's off with the cat immediately. And um, I think 
is this where we find out more about Rachel's sister? I think we kind of covered it, but. Um, no, not no. until Norma actually dies. After, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, so, when did, yeah. Because it's, it, she uses it to explain why she why can't she, go to the funeral. Yes. Yep. Which has or why she like, doesn't go to any funeral. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Norma does die. Uh, she does pass away, unfortunately, which I was like, that's sad. It's like, oh, Judd and Norma. <laughs> yeah. Poor Judd. Yeah. There's even talk of like if he's going to go shortly after, like did they need to start worrying about Judd? Mm-hmm. Um, and he seems to be relatively fine. He seems to cope with it pretty well. Um, yeah. Ellie does go to the funeral with Lewis. Uh, I think she does, even though earlier she kind of was nonchalant after Norma's heart attack, she was kind of nonchalant about how Norma would die cause eventually because she's old. Um, she does have a, a kind of a breakdown moment about cookies that, or, or cake, something that Norma made. I think um, it was cookies. Cookies that she would make. Um, and she's like, I'm never going to get to have her cookies again, you know, like, because she's not here. Um but then does have a nice moment where when they get home, because she goes to the funeral, Rachel doesn't go with them. Um, she does ask Rachel if she knows how to make these cookies, and they go off to make them together, which was kind of a nice, you know. I like that moment, yeah. Comforting. Comfort with food. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we have for this week. Join us next week where we talk about part two of Pet Cemetery. Uh, as always, you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram at jvc podcast uh our facebook group is a handbook for judging fabulous covers retellings um again tune in next week to hear the rest of this discussion as well as a discussion of the book versus the movie because stephanie and chris got a chance to see the movie recently uh until next time